As you've heard, it's a really um, special day today because it is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I think there's a few Pentecostals in the room, but I am also a resident Pentecostal in this church and uh, loving being here. So the Pente got Pentecostal Sunday. I'm really excited. But you know that about me. I'm always really excited. So um, it's the day in the church calendar when we mark the gift of the Holy Spirit being given. And, uh, and it's the birthday of the church, a really special day. You know, the church went out. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they went out, and the church was birthed. It's an absolutely amazing day to celebrate. And, um, you know, I, I'm becoming a bit more Anglican, so I'm going to, like, quote from the Archbishop, first time ever in my history, but I am going to do it today. It's coming up on the screen. And I just love this. Justin, I'm going to call him Justin, never met him before, but Justin said this, um, and I kind of liked it. Uh, It said, in 2017, between ascension, that's when Jesus went back to heaven, uh, and Pentecost, as we know, that's today, we are seeking to pray for people to know who Jesus is. We pray for the Holy Spirit to empower every Christian, all of us to give us a passion for sharing and witnessing the good news we have in Jesus Christ. I love that. There's another thing coming up on the screen that I liked as well, um, because it fits in with what I was thinking about for today. It says, pray for more people to know the life-transforming love of Jesus Christ. And that is what we're all about. We want to see transformation here in Cheltenham, in our lives, in our community, in this nation, in the world. That's what today's about, transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I love this morning's clip. Did you watch this morning's clip? Well, we did. We did. We watched it on the screen, didn't we? Um, I popped out to the loo, just saw the end bit. But it said that we wouldn't become a holy huddle. I I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, we wouldn't become a holy huddle, but we would... um, be forced out. Was it forced out? Or we would be moved out. We would go out. And um, this is what church is all about. It's not a social club today. I love you all. And it's great to have loads of great friends here. But we are meant to be the church on the move. The church that is powerfully advancing. We are meant to be the church that makes a change. We are meant to be the people of God that are filled with the Spirit of God and seeing transformation all around. That's what I want to be part of. of. How about you? And um, I have received the transforming power of God in my own personal life. I sat in a school assembly when I was 12 years old, and the Holy Spirit of God, as I was sitting there with my legs crossed, with all my mates messing with my tie, and then someone was speaking about the power of God for transformation, and I felt the Holy Spirit come on me in tears began to roll down my face and my life has been transformed. It's never been the same since. And you know, when I became a Christian, I was really shy. I was underconfident. Um, I really felt for a very long time that I didn't really deserve um, to have anything good in my life. I had a, um, you know, a difficult time when I was younger. But the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit came in and has transformed my life. He's still working on me. There's loads to do. Ask my husband. There's loads to do, but he has changed me. He has forgiven me, and he has transformed me, and that's what today is all about. 
the power of God transforming lives, making a change, making a difference in this world. So I'm with Justin on this. I'm with Justin, the Archbishop. We want to see transformation. So um, we welcome you. Maybe open up your hands if you feel comfortable with that. We welcome you. Holy Spirit of God, come and do what only you can do. We welcome you. Holy Spirit of God, we welcome you. Holy Spirit of God. Now, if you're um, new in church and uh, you don't really know a lot about church, let me just tell you a little thing. We've got a great name, our church. It's Trinity. That's because Christians believe in a thing called the Trinity. The Trinity is the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And um, as you've kind of guessed, this morning we're focusing on the person of the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, uh, we see the Holy Spirit coming on the disciples and then filling them up and sending them out. So that's the key focus of where we're going today, transformation. So first of all, let's have a bit of background about Pentecost. Okay, the word Pentecost, I don't quote the Greek very often. When I was at Bible college, I need to let you know this, I failed my Greek module and I will not be resitting it at the classes at Trinity. Anyway, the Greek word for uh, Pentecost essentially just means 50th, 50th day. And um, the Greek-speaking Jews um, at the time of Jesus really used that term Pentecost just to, uh, to refer to a Jewish festival, uh, the Festival of Weeks, Shavuot, I think it's called as well. And um, basically, it was a celebration of harvest. And uh, they use this term for the 50th day because it was 50 days after Passover that this festival happened. So that was the significance of um, Pentecost. And for the early Christians, um, it was a significant number too. As you've heard already this morning, Jesus came to earth. He lived on the earth. He did all these amazing things. And then he died on um, a cross. Three days later, he rose again. Death could not hold him down. Dan, can I just have some water? Do you know, I, I have this problem. I sing my heart out in the worship and then I get really thirsty for the preaching. Not very good. Anyway, so um, Jesus then appears. For 40 days, he appears all across the area meeting with people. They, they think he's died, but he appears to them and he tells them about the kingdom of God. And then the Bible says that he ascended into heaven. But, and there's always a but with God, before he went, he said to them, you need to do this. You need to wait. You need to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So they were disciples, they were followers of Jesus, but he said, you need to wait. So for 40 days, he's gone around, and then for 10 days, anyone good at maths? 40 plus 10 equals 50, wow, Pentecost, 50. Um, and on the 50th day, um, the Holy Spirit of God came. As the Jews were celebrating their festival, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples and they were filled with power from on high. So that's kind of how we get to Pentecost. So, you know, every year now, 50 days after Easter, we celebrate 
Pentecost. But what does the Bible have to say about the Pentecost account? It's actually over two chapters. That's a lot of reading for a Sunday morning. So you'll be glad to know I've kind of split it down into five chunks for us. There's quite a bit of text, but I feel it's important that we read the passage today. And then I'm going to give you five points as take-homes, things that we can think about from the Pentecost passage. So I think it's going to be coming up on the screen. Okay. Let's hope it's all here. Let me read it to you. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Okay, we'll we'll jump down to chapter two now. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hears them in our own native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Okay, if we move on to the next slide. Now, this is Peter speaking to the crowd. He says, these people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, and we are in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, Thank goodness for that. Men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. Just a few more bits of text. Actually, can we just move that one on? Thank you, Jonathan. And again, thank you. Okay, if we just pop back, thanks. Um, And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. 
Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So I just had to skip through a few passages there due to time. But um, essentially, the book of Acts, if you want to know about the Holy Spirit, you need to be reading the book of Acts. Uh, when Tim gave me this topic, I kind of like put a pause button on our daily Bible readings, and I just started working through the book of Acts again. It is awesome. And I, when you read it in, in its entirety, you just like see the power of the church of Jesus Christ, the power of the Spirit of God at the work, the life transformation that comes through the power of the Spirit. And so um, in that passage, the Holy Spirit has come upon them. So I just wanted to give you, as I said, five um, key points today to take from the passage. The first thing I want to say is that the Holy Spirit is a, there it is, a gift. And um, I don't know about you, but I like gifts. It's the gift that Jesus promised them, okay? And um, I don't know about you, but every now and then you might get a bit of a duff present, a duff gift from your great, great auntie. Anybody ever had a duff present? Secret Santa? What is it with Secret Santa? Duff presents. Anyway, but on the whole, gifts are good. And I know all about gifts being good today because as well as it being Pentecost and the birthday of the church, it's actually my birthday today. Can you believe it? Yes, 21 again. And um, you know, this morning I've received some wonderful gifts. Oh yes, a wonderful gift. And um, uh, gifts are good. But what is it about the Holy Spirit that some of us think that the Holy Spirit is not a good gift? We think it's a bit of a duff gift for somebody else. Maybe we're a bit nervous. We don't actually believe that it's a good gift from God. Well, we have to do what the Bible says. The Bible says in um, James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Also in Luke, which is chapter 11, 13, it says, you know, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, would you give them a snake instead? No, you wouldn't, would you? If, you, if they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? I hope not. Um, even though you are evil, it says, you know how to give good gifts. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So, point one, it's a gift and it's a good, good gift. I know all about this. Being a parent, I know that I cannot really get into Sainsbury's without Chloe asking me for a gift from the, uh, the children's aisle. Anybody know that kind of trauma that happens every time you go shopping. And uh, do you know what? Her birthday isn't even until September, but already she's asking me. She's anticipating her birthday and uh, she's telling me all the presents, all the gifts that she wants. She's asking. There's no fear with my Chloe. She's just asking, asking, asking. I hope she doesn't ask you for something. It might happen, so watch out. Um, but she is expectant for gifts. And um, I've got to get over myself. I'm not really a pet person, but um, she's asked for a rabbit. Oh my goodness, September the 24th, here we come. We're not only going to be parents, we're going to have pets. So um, she wants gifts and she asks for gifts. Are we asking for that gift of the Holy Spirit? Are we expectant this morning? And do we actually believe that our Father 
will give us good gifts. I'm sure in this room, there's loads of varying um, emotions when we talk about the Holy Spirit, from confusion to fear, anxiety to openness. But let's get it straight. It is a good gift. So that's point number one. There's five. They vary in length, thank goodness. Anyway, (laughs) number two, the thing about gifts is that you need, there it is, you need to receive them. Just imagine this morning when I was sitting in bed and trying to relax on my birthday, knowing I had a sermon to preach, trying to relax anyway, and Dan and Chloe came in and gave me my gifts. What if I just said, oh no, no, I I don't want those gifts. Put put them on the dressing table, just don't want them, and I just left the gifts. No, 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 I had to receive my beautiful new necklace, didn't I? I had to receive it, and I'm very pleased to receive it. So uh, you have to receive gifts, and um, especially if they're chocolate, right, Hills? You have to receive a gift. Um, But sometimes we're actually wanting to not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, about when I didn't receive a gift, okay? How silly is that? Someone wants to give you a gift and you say, no, 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 it's okay. So here's the deal. Um, I was 19 years old. I, instead of going to university, I spent three years at a Christian Bible college. And at that time, it's so long ago, uh, even though I'm 21 now, it's so long ago um, that... They didn't give you know you help with your tuitions. You couldn't get loans. You couldn't get grants because it was a dodgy Christian college, and they didn't didn't want to give you any money. And so it's like thousands of pounds. And um, I'm a 19-year-old. My parents aren't Christian, you know, so they weren't up for giving me any money for it. I didn't have any savings, but I felt this call to go to college. And um, I went to college. An amazing thing happened. Somehow I got a scholarship for a third of my fees. Yay, God. So that was really good. And then um, my home church in Winchcombe, you know, just down the road, my home church in Winchcombe, they um, paid another third of my fees. Um, I know there's some Winchcombe people here this morning. I will be forever grateful for their financial input into my life. And not just their financial input, their um, unbelievable commitment to me over the years. So they paid a third. But if you're good at maths, and I'm not, but I do know there's still a third to pay, and it was thousands of pounds. And and my pastor at the time um, said to me, it's your job to pray in this third of money. That's all you've got to do to be at college. And I need to tell you that God provided for me in amazing, amazing ways. Um, But one time, there was a problem. Because it was the holidays from college, and I was back in Winchcombe, and someone had said to me, "Um, can you look after our kids for the weekend? This one's for you, Mark Donaldson. It was Mark Donaldson's family. Um, And um, I was uh, looking after a particular family, kids, while the the mum and dad went away and had a lovely relaxing weekend. Anyway, they came back, the house was a tip, we played games, you know, there was loads of washing up, but we'd survived. And um, they then said to me, "Uh, we want to give you a gift, Marie. And uh, if I remember rightly, it was £100. For me at that time, that was a lot of money. But because I loved them and uh, we, you know, really wanted to bless them, I said to them, no, no, no. I don't want you to give me the money. I just did this for you. And um, they said, no, we really feel that God wants you to have this money. Use this money for your fees. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'm fine. Don't need the £100. Thanks so much. I'm off now. Anyway, 
Long story short, go back to college, it gets to the date where the fees need to be in, all the other terms at the last moment, the money's been there. But guess what? On that particular term, I was 100 pounds short. And uh, I was like, oh. Um, anyway, I had to, on a serious note, I had to really kick myself because I had to realize, this is the, the point, if you're wondering where I'm going, that God does not want me to be self-sufficient. God wants me to receive in whatever way he wants, through whoever he wants, and whenever he wants. And uh, that is the message for us this morning as a church, I believe, that God wants us not to be self-sufficient, thinking that we can reach this world for Jesus all by ourselves, build this church, impact our families, make a change, all those things that we talk about, doing it all by ourselves, right? God doesn't want that. My illustration was about money. But God says, receive my gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you'll be full of my power and bring a transformation. To receive. So it's a gift that needs to be received. But why are we given for this, this gift? Acts 1, 8 to 9 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. That's the purpose of the gift. The Holy Spirit does loads of things. He comforts us, he transforms us, he changes. But in this particular passage, he is um, giving us power for witness. That is the purpose of the gift. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be part of Trinity just to be part of a social club. I don't want to be part of Trinity just to have some great friends and come to some great events. I want to see transformation. How about you? And the only way we're going to see transformation is if we get rid of our self-sufficiency, thinking that we can do it all by ourselves in our own ways with our great programs. We're only going to really see transformation when we allow the Spirit of God to fill us up with his power. With his power. We need to humble ourselves. I, Marie Hobbs, I need to humble myself. I need to be reliant on the spirit of God. That's what Pentecost is all about. That's what it's all about. I've got five more minutes, Gareth. Yeah. Two more words. I can talk fast, as you know. But um, next word is supernatural. Supernatural things happened at Pentecost. There was a sound of a rushing wind, violent wind even. There were tongues of fire that seemed to rest on them. They spoke in tongues that other people had, uh, in languages that other people could understand, but they'd never learned those languages. That's awesome. Supernatural things happen when the Spirit of God comes. I just want to gently say today that we need to be open for the supernatural in this place. In whatever way God wants to be supernatural. He's God. If he wants to send a wind, he'll send a wind. If he wants to send tongues of fire, he'll send tongues of fire. 
And many of us, you know, we, we either, we go to two extremes. We either chase after some kind of experience of the Holy Spirit. And now we kind of miss the point then. Let God do whatever he wants to do. Sometimes I feel the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I feel nothing. Um, or other of us, we get caught up in spending all our time defending why something that's happening isn't God. Isn't God. And, and we're kind of consumed with that. But God says, no, no, no. Focus on him. Focus on him and ask for the gift and then receive the gift. But as a church, let's be open for the supernatural. Now, um, in the passage, it did speak about the tongue, so it'd be wrong to not mention that. It's a teaching series all in itself, okay, so I'm not going to be able to cover everything. But I think if we can just have some slides up now, the um, Acts 8 slide for us. Thanks, Jonathan. Think it's coming up? No? Okay, don't worry. So we've got supernatural. It's up the slide after supernatural. Yeah, okay. So in the book of Acts, there's a few accounts where the Holy Spirit comes on them. Acts 1 and 2, we've done the Holy Spirit of Pentecost. Acts 8, Peter and John pray for the disciples in Samaria to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Simon the sorcerer is there, and he says, I'll pay, I'll pay for whatever's just happened. He saw something supernatural. And, um, but you can't buy the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. Then in Acts 9, Ananias prays for Saul to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And later we read in 1 Corinthians that Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. If we can just go to the next slide, thank you. Acts 10, Peter visits Cornelius' household and the Holy Spirit came on the whole household and they all spoke in tongues. And Acts 19, Paul goes to visit the Ephesians and they receive the Holy Spirit. And um, we see that the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples in different places and at different times. And one of the gifts that he gives is the gift of tongues. Now, the gift of tongues can be a literal earthly language. It can be a spiritual language. It helps us in our prayer lives. When tongues are interpreted in the church, it edifies the church and it builds us up. It's a gift from God. And uh, we haven't got any more time to touch on that today. But if you have not received the gift of tongues... I'd like to encourage you today to receive that gift from God. Okay, we're coming into land. Final word. So it was gift, receive. What was the third word? What was it? Supernatural. Yeah. And the fifth word is transformation. Where I started, the disciples were filled with boldness. They were sent out to change the world. And those that hadn't responded to Jesus responded to his message. 3,000 of them in one day. It's absolutely amazing. And so, um, in closing, I just want to say today, I don't know where you're at with the Holy Spirit. Don't know if you're nervous. Don't know if you think, oh, gosh, this is all a bit strange. Okay, we got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit. I just want to say today that we need to receive him. We need to receive him and be filled with his power.
gift, receive, mission, supernatural, and it results in transformation. So um, I'm closing now, but I want us to pray, and as the band um, come back up, we're going to go into a time of worship together, and we want to give an opportunity for you to respond to this wonderful gift that has been given. Some of you may have never received the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit today. Some of you might say, well, Marie, I've, I've received the Holy Spirit. I know a bit about the Holy Spirit. God wants you to be filled again and again and again with his Holy Spirit that you may be filled with power from on high. Now let's stand together and if you feel comfortable and open your hands in that position to receive. Don't leave the gift on the side. Don't let your previous experience get in your way. And let's just welcome him together. I'll pray for us and then we'll begin to worship. And as we begin to worship, don't hesitate. Come and receive the filling of the Holy Spirit today. So God, thank you that you're here. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit of God. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We say, come. Come. We want to receive you. We want to receive you. We don't want to put a lid on you. We don't want to box you in. We don't want to say you can only move in this way or that way. We need you to transform our lives. And we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves today, God, and we say, at times, God, we're arrogant. At times, we've been prideful. At times, we've thought that we can do this by ourselves. And we want to repent, and we want to turn from that. We want to say, we want to be surrendered to you. And we want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. We need your power, God, to bring a transformation in our town and in our lives. And we welcome you. We welcome you to come and do that, God. So come, 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 come. Welcome him. So let me just do all the praying. Let's start to welcome him. Come, come, Spirit of God. Come, 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 Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God.